Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. With today's episode, I'm excited to have the opportunity to respond to some questions that you've sent in over the course of this year's series. You know, we're in the release party for this year. We're also talking about trauma and all the areas where we can improve our mental health. So I'm excited to get to your questions and we'll get started in just a moment. I so appreciate hearing from you and really learning about what's on your hearts and minds. It really helps me to prepare and plan what I should cover here on the Freed Up podcast, but it also gives me a chance to hear from you as you share your stories and the experiences that you're navigating. And I love being encouraged and inspired when you tell me the things that you're overcoming, what you're working on in therapy, how God is blessing your life. So keep them coming. All right, I'm going to get started right away. So The first question was, we're in the release party year. I want to release some things in particular. I'm going to counseling now, which is hard. So how do I continue to release the things that are holding me back? So I'm so glad that you asked. And what I want to do is just kind of frame why we're in this release party year. So I just believed, especially coming out of 2020, that there were so many things that we were carrying in that year, in particular, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of some of the trauma that happened from an abrupt stop to our lives. And it caused us to have to isolate and sit in spaces that we probably hadn't sat in in a long time. We had so much time to think. And there were things that Of course, we've always been dealing with in our lives that we wanted to get through and kind of deal with issues from our past, whether it was relational pain that happened because breakups or whether it was a financial issue or maybe something that was happening in your family with your kids or even a health diagnosis, whatever it is, oftentimes something traumatic like what happened with the pandemic will elevate those issues for us. And so in 2021, I really felt like God was saying, it's time to release some of those things that have come into the year so that we could experience the blessing of the next. And so we framed this year with this particular scripture as a foundation that's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. And I want to read it very quickly. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of this faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so we know that we need to cast off these things so we can keep running this race of life with perseverance and endurance because we only have a short time that we're here and we want to live freed up, right? And not fed up. So we talked about three things that will allow us to release and also to receive what's next. So we want to make sure that we're casting off and throwing away what needs to go. 
we want to make sure that we change our focus, that we're looking at the one who can help us get through all the things we're experiencing. And then we want to make sure that we're charging ahead to the next thing. So I have a little phrase that I've coined this year, and it says, it's new season season. So yes, this is a season that is new. It's been a new year. There are new opportunities in every day that God gives us. So let's talk about just a few ways to do that. And and I also want to say before I share these really symbolic strategies, I want to say congratulations to you in being in counseling. Sometimes it's a difficult decision to make, but I applaud you for taking those steps. The information that I'm going to share with you is just something supplemental to try, but your counselor and your therapist will help walk you through those particular strategies that will be helpful for you to continue to do the releasing in your life. So I want to share with you um, three symbolic strategies. One of them is what I call the rock drop. Now, the rock drop is something where you can actually take little small rocks and write down particular areas that you want to move from your life. And once you write that on the rock, then you find a body of water or you find a fountain and you say a prayer over that rock and say, God, I'm releasing this. I want to give this up. I want to surrender this to you. And then you toss that rock into the water. And water is symbolic in its spiritual nature because it represents cleansing. It also represents filling, filling up. And it also represents refreshment. And so by taking that rock and putting into water, you are saying, I'm releasing this area and I'm asking for cleansing and refreshing and renewal in my life. So here's another one. Sometimes you see a balloon release that happens often when someone's life is being commemorated, but we also can use it as a strategy to release things, trusting by faith that these things are going away out of my life. And sometimes people find it helpful to use different color balloons for different areas that they want to release. So maybe you pick a green balloon that might represent something like moving bitterness out of your life or some other area that is feeling like it's keeping you stuck or stagnant. Maybe you use red to say, I want to release grief out of my life. I want to move to a different place in my grieving process. So you may take red and use that for different areas that you might be experiencing grief. And when you're ready, you'll simply say a prayer for them and release them into the air. And then here's a particular strategy is something that I did a couple of years ago in a particular area of my life that I wanted to move on from. I went to a park. I took specific things that represented this area in my life. I walked around the park for a couple of times, just doing a prayer walk. And then I found a place and dug up some dirt, and I put those items in that area, and I buried them. And then I said, God, I'm asking you to resurrect something new in my life in this area, and I want to bury what's here and expect from you this new life that you want to bring in this area of my life. Now, remember, symbolism doesn't do the work. It actually starts the work or it's a process that helps you to commemorate the work that you want to do. It still takes painstaking work, like what you're doing in therapy. It will pay off. So we still have to do the work every day. We have to do the disciplines every day to remove these areas. So if it's something that we are wanting to think differently about, we still have to engage in those cognitive behavioral strategies that help us start to think differently. 
But when we start with symbolism, we are actually giving our brains a warning. Hey, guess what? Something new is about to happen here. I am shifting into a different space. And then as you do the work, you're continuing to wire those new pathways in your brain so that you can begin to receive the new ways that you want to do things. Thank you for asking that question. I hope this helps. You can always go back to the episode if you'd like to to re-listen and find out more and God's blessings on you as you continue your journey in therapy. Okay, so here is the next question. And I believe this may correspond to episode 46, which was our episode on released to heal, seven principles for your path to healing. So here's the question. How do I hold on to my faith when it seems like there's no end to what I'm feeling? So what I want to say first is this. Thank you for sending that question because I believe this is a heartfelt sentiment that so many of our freedom family may be thinking and feeling at many different times. I can tell you personally, this is something that I've thought about. Like, How do I keep my faith fueled? How do I stay encouraged to keep believing God for something when it seems like I can't get out from under the feelings or I don't see changes being made? So I want to share just really quickly, I think, four things that may be helpful to encourage you and encourage myself, quite frankly, as we go through these times where it's hard, where it just seems like so much of a challenge to keep our faith fueled and to stay courageous in the face of things that we're dealing with that seem resistant and like they don't want to move from our experience. So the first thing is we have to check our hearing. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this is a New Testament book in the Bible, and it says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by us continually listening to God's words. One of the things that we have to do is we have to hold on to God's words that are his promises, that are truth, so that when we are in those spaces that our feelings are telling us something else that's different and they seem to be really magnified and they seem to be at a heightened place, we have to remind ourselves that we can push through, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. The second thing is expecting. So, you know, faith has hope wrapped up in it. So we have to keep our hope alive. One of the things that's important about faith is, and to keep it going, even in the midst of hard times, is we have to remember that there is something on the other side of what we're experiencing. I've even heard people say in therapy, nothing good ever happens to me. I can't get through this. This seems to be happening to me over and over again. And I just want to encourage you and anyone else out there who thinks that their hope is fading fast. I want you to remember that even when something seems resistant to change, we can change how we think about what's happening. We can reframe what's happening in our experience. And that begins to fuel our hope as well. So what are you expecting? Expect to be able to move past what's happening. Expect that greater things are going to come. That's when our faith is being activated and hope is wrapped up in faith. And our hope, when we place it in God, does not disappoint us, even when it doesn't move as quickly as we want or we can't see it unfold step by step. So I want to encourage you, hearing, expecting. And then the third thing is remembering. 
Remember the things that you've gotten through before. Write them down. If you have a journal and you've written them, go back and read them. What can you remember that was hard for you before and you were able to move past it? Remembering all of the spaces and places in your life that could have stopped you, but yet you've kept going. And even if it didn't look the way you wanted, even if it was messy, you are here now and you are still working on this thing. And honestly, y'all, that's what life is all about. Life is not seamless. It's not a clean strip. It doesn't happen so linear that we go from point A to point B and ultimately we get to Z. We have a lot of zigzags. We have a lot of crooked lines, but every day that we move past something difficult, we are fueling our faith and we are expecting something greater to happen. We keep remembering those times where we've pushed through and that encourages us to keep pushing. Okay, here's the fourth thing, being. So just be in the present. We have to unhook from this belief that life is somehow this perfect Instagram picture. It is not. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, life is hard. It's messy, but it's also beautiful and it's also exciting and it's also a blessing. And so if we're not careful, we will take our present moments and we will squander those because of how we feel in the moment. Remember, feelings come and they go. They are not necessarily bad or good. They're indicators of something that's inside of us that we really want to just be more mindful about and take the opportunity to reflect on and learn from. So as much as you can have that time to just be, just to sit in the present, know those feelings are going to pass. And it's okay to feel badly in a moment because you know you're not going to stay there. And if for whatever reason you're staying in that space where you're continually feeling weighted down over weeks at a time or months at a time, then that's probably an indication that it's time to seek out some professional services. And we talk about that on Freed Up as well, knowing when it's time to reach out for help. So I hope that you do that. You can contact um, Freed Up again for some resources. If you need those, we're happy to help you. So remember, fuel your faith by hearing, hearing God's words, fuel it by expecting, expecting something beyond your current moment. You're gonna keep your faith alive by remembering, remembering the times that you've overcome some difficult experiences before now, and you are still here surviving and moving towards your thriving space. And then the fourth thing is by being. Remember to make the best of every day, even living in those hard times for that moment, letting yourself feel them, and then knowing that you have something that you can find to appreciate the grace and the beauty in every single day. Thank you for your question. Okay, so this next question is really more in line with what we talked about in our two episodes on trauma. We had a panel of experts that came and did those two episodes for us. So here's the question. What's the difference in big T and little t? And that was something that um, one of the therapists talked about. So big T is a phrase that we use as a big trauma. And then little t, it stands for little trauma. So the difference in big T and little t or big trauma and little trauma doesn't minimize the fact that trauma is very important for us to pay attention to by way of it being a mental health challenge. 
just want to kind of ground us for a second back into that definition of trauma that we talked about in the episode. So trauma is the psychological and physiological response to an event that exceeds our ability to cope with it. So it is a brain body response to something that happens that was hard for us to manage emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Big T, um, you might think of big trauma as some of those experiences that would probably cause anybody trauma in their lives. Because the other thing that we know about trauma is that it is an individual response that the way the trauma happens, it might affect one person differently than it affects another person. Two people can witness the same event and may be a part of the same experience. One might be traumatized, the other may not. So remember, we talked about trauma being something that is individual for each person based upon their resources or their way that they may cope. So when we think about big trauma, we think about particular events or situations that might occur where anybody who would experience those would likely be traumatized by them. So we think about things like sexual abuse or physical abuse or some kind of major disaster that hits a particular area and wipes out everyone's homes. Like that's something that's going to cause a lot of psychological and physiological distress for anybody. Um, Thinking about the pandemic, pretty much everybody who's experienced that has had some level of trauma. These are big events that generally speaking, anybody would be traumatized by. When we talk about little trauma, they may seem smaller and less severe in nature, but the truth is they can actually create trauma for the person who's experiencing them. For instance, maybe you have an unfulfilled expectation about a particular relationship and that relationship doesn't come to pass the way you thought, or maybe there was a huge disappointment or letdown. Sometimes a person can be traumatized by something like that. Another example that might be termed little t is if someone goes to the doctor, let's say you go for a breast exam and the mammogram didn't go as well as you wanted. Well, I know of women who have been traumatized by mammographies and they are scared to go back and have their breasts checked because of an experience they had in a mammogram some years ago. Now, it's important to know that big T and little t They may range in their intensity of how they affect us, but it doesn't mean that one is less important than the other. As clinicians and as therapists, we're going to approach the treatment of trauma in the same way. We're going to treat it based upon its effects in your life in the therapeutic process. If it affects you and it traumatizes you, it's important for treatment. Okay, so that was a good question. Hopefully that clarified some of that for you. Thank you for sending that in. Here's our final question. And this one is based upon our episode 57 about that doubt. This is a great question. What does it say about me if I'm always doubting? Well, I have to sit in that question for a moment because this particular episode I shared with you was personal experience of mine and an area that I've been growing in and really asking God this year to help me do my releasing in my own release party. So first of all, let me say this. You are not alone in the experiences of doubt. 
There's so many things that we have in common that we often don't know because we may tend to hold something in and not share it. And then we don't get a chance to really hear that other people are going through some of the same things that we're going through as well. And so when we begin to share our experiences, we begin to find commonality. We realize that we're not alone in what we're going through. So I want to say that doubting is a human experience and it's not just a situation that you are dealing with. The second thing that I would say to that is you are not doubt. And so we want to separate the issue of doubt, the experiences of doubt from you as a person. You are you are someone who's having this challenge in your life, but you have to know who God says that you are. And so I think that's one of the steps to really digging into this and getting to a place of healing is to think about that doubt as a particular area of struggle. You know, when we connect all of these different mental health and spiritual matters to ourselves, that is a space where we likely start to feel very weighed down because of the shame that's associated with that or the guilt. If I believe I'm all of these things, then while I'm making a statement about myself and I know that God has already told me who I am in him. And so as we walk along this path to being freed up and as we're finding our spaces of peace and joy, we have to remember that we're going to have trouble in this life. That doesn't necessarily mean that we are all of these troubles. It means that we are going to experience these troubles and these challenges. And so as you're experiencing doubt, be sure you disconnect the fact that you are doubt. You are God's child who is working through areas of struggle in this life. And God has promised to help you with that. And we do that so we can lift up from shame and we can lift up from guilt. That keeps us on this path of healing and it keeps us moving to this place of being freed up and not getting to that space of being fed up. So I also want to encourage you to use some of those strategies from the response that I gave to the question about faith. You are not your struggle. Remember that. And as you start to lift up from that thought process and that experience, then you will feel courageous enough, encouraged enough, and God-powered enough to begin to work on those areas of doubt. All right. I hope this was helpful. Keep sending your questions in. I want to hear from you. Again, if you have thoughts and ideas about topics that you want to cover on Freed Up, be sure you reach out and let us know. You can reach us at connect at freebuildfavorite.com. Remember, you do not walk this path alone. I am walking right alongside you along with the rest of our freed up friends and family. Always know this, God loves you. I love you and make sure you take care of you.